Welcome to Just a Second Podcast. Today I'm joined by my good friend Ibrahim, and this this episode is going to be just kind of based on the NBA offseason, talking about trades, free agency, signings, all that stuff, maybe predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, so Ibrahim, just introduce yourself a little bit. Um, all right. Uh, my name is Ibrahim. Uh, I'm in high school. Uh, I love to talk about basketball, hockey, baseball, and pretty much any sport. Except soccer, because I'm I'm not I, into soccer. But... I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, a little bit about me is I like to read. Um. I like to watch movies. I like to watch <clears throat> different types of TV shows. Um. And yeah, I like sports. So that's Solid. pretty much it. All right. Um. So let's just dive straight into the episode. So first of all, I want to I want to talk a bit about um your opinions on the trades that have been going down um well obviously you know everything that's happening i see you you have all your opinions on twitter um i don't you, <laughs> i really don't app, but when i do i'm like yeah stuck on it yeah you've got you go on in like little spurts at a time and you just like roast the crap out of people um so <laughs> no, how do you <laughs> how do you feel about how do you feel about the whole um chris paul scenario right now Oh yeah, yeah. That's that was a really good trade for Phoenix. I think I think that trade is is gonna really give uh, Phoenix a, a a chance to make the playoffs. <clears throat> and honestly, I think their peak is a top four seed in the West, especially top if four? the Warriors. You're insane. Yeah, top four. I'm not even kidding right now. They're like a seven no, seed. Their peak is. I think their ceiling is the four seed, and I'm not kidding when I say that. I think I, I think their I ceiling care. is their ceiling of is seven, maybe six, and then their floor is like nine or or ten. Yeah, I, I have my. That's the thing though. This team, like their floor is so low, it could be like ten, eleven. It's because they and, don't really have depth. Yeah, um, that's the thing. But then their ceiling is like high, man. That mm-hmm. I, I don't care if they're the seven seed with ten days left in the season. I'll double down on that take, man. I, I'm telling you, they're gonna be really good. So well, we'll find out. Um, I think. I think. Um, OKC, even though the Suns got Chris Paul, uh, that's he's old and that's a big contract, but he's still a really good player, so it, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like then again, OKC Loki won the trade because they they're got, gonna win every trade. <laughs> they got yeah, they got a bunch of first rounders. Um, I guess they got rid of Rubio now, but they, then they got three young pieces. Um, yeah. They got rid of Ubre, of course. Um, but like man. The OKC Thunder, I don't know, I'm pretty sure they have like 20 picks on over the next six drafts, which is just insane. Yeah, they have a lot of. I think, I think it can really go both ways. I think OKC is either going to build like this powerhouse and draft like you know all these studs, and look, they have 20 picks throughout the next like seven years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that they're going to use some of those picks to move up in the draft because. Yeah. The lottery, we know how the lottery is. It's always like the worst team never gets the best pick. Like, mm-hmm. you know, last year, the 33 win Pelicans got the first overall pick. Like, that's just not <laughs> like the Knicks won like 17 games and they dropped to three. Yeah. Right. And this year, Minnesota, who had, you know, D'Angelo Russell uh, and had a pretty good like last part of the season or like before the shutdown or whatever, mm-hmm. they got the number one overall pick. And that was like the perfect scenario for them because now they can build around uh D'Lo and Cap but like that's the thing man the lottery is like always like the worst team will never get the first overall pick it's so unlikely so those draft picks are going to be valuable so when 
you know, Sam Presti wants a certain guy in the draft and he knows he's going to go, you know, number one, he's the consensus number one pick. He's going to use those draft picks to move up and then uh, draft that player. So those draft picks are going to come in handy soon. And and I think I think next year, if OKC has a horrible season and they go, they won like 19, 20 games um, out of 72, I think the, and, and, you know, they end up dropping a five or four in the lottery. I think Sam Presti is going to use some of those picks to move up because even this draft class, this 2021 draft class is stacked. There's so many good players in this draft. Yeah. So I think. Um, Those drafts will come in handy for mm-hmm. sure. OKC is is rebuilding like so properly. I really like um, yeah. how they're rebuilding, and I really like Sam Presti. He's he's a god, and he's he's really similar to um, he's really similar to what's his name? He was just the GM for the Rockets. Daryl Morey. Yeah, Daryl Morey. Yeah, Daryl Morey. He's really similar similar to him in the way that they're not afraid to pull the trigger. Um, yeah, you're right. And like, yeah, you can ship off Chris Paul, but he'll be confident with that move. And I like GMs who yeah. make who aren't scared to make moves because your yeah. team isn't going to go anywhere if you're just like, like, look at the exactly. Magic. I'm, I mean, like the Bulls, the Magic, the Hornets, the like their 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 head offices. I feel like they're kind of scared to do things because. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. I I wish I wish all the GMs were more aggressive. Um. I wish everyone had a Sam Presti in their head office. That's how I feel about the the Celtics. Because, like, Danny Angel, he's a good GM. But, like, he's there are so many moves that he could have made to enhance mm-hmm. the roster. But then he just keeps going with the same core every year, bringing in, like, one or two new guys. And they end up making the conference finals or, like, the second round, and then they lose. They need that point guard. They need an, another player, like a superstar, to get them over the hump. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the Celtics, man. They 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 haven't made any drastic drastic moves in the past couple of years. Like you know, obviously signing Kemba Walker was pretty good. Signing Tristan Thompson this year was pretty good. But like that, like the way the Raptors traded for Kawhi and then instantly won a championship, I feel like Boston is en- gonna event end up like doing that because, I mean, I don't think that team is gonna go to the finals. Yeah, there was they yeah they were similar to the Raptors in the way that. They were like one piece away. Yeah, um, like that's what the Raptors did. They have they had Demar. They just need that little extra um, bit of power to get them over the hump. So that's what they that's yeah. what they got with Kawhi and Danny Green. So I think Boston needs to do something similar. Obviously, you're going to keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because you're young. Yeah. But if trading Kemba Walker is what you need to do to get over the hump, then you got to do it. Hundred um, percent. And and even and the thing is. If I if I was a fan of the Celtics and they traded Kemba Walker to get someone better to try to win a championship and they don't, as a Celtics fan, I wouldn't be mad at that because at least they yeah. tried, you know. In my opinion, I mean, right now the Celtics, I don't think it. Like honestly, other than Kemba Walker, I don't think the players on that team uh, should be in a rush, or the front office should be in a rush to win a championship. Yeah, they're like, still young. Yeah, like I'm telling you, people are saying, oh, Tatum's a playoff choker. Jalen Brown's a playoff choker. You know, these guys, Jalen, or like dumb takes like Jalen Brown was the best player in, in the in the playoffs <laughs> for the Celtics. Trust me, when those guys learn how to win, they're not even in their primes yet. When they learn how to win and learn how to close out games, they're going to be so good. And it's it, like, I'm telling you, man, Tatum will be an MVP candidate soon when he gets into his prime. 
Jalen Brown will be a consistent all-star, 20-point-per-game kind of guy. And once they learn to close out games, that Celtics team is going to be deadly. Like, they will pretty much rule the East for a while. Yeah, I agree. They're, they have, they're already really good, but, like, their really good players are young. So when those yeah. guys hit their prime, it's over. Exactly. That's, a, that's a ring. I don't care. Um, I don't care who they're playing in the finals. In the next five years, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions. And maybe in the fifth year, maybe in the fifth year, that's kind of when they're in their prime, but Hey, they came close. They almost made the finals. Yeah. If Giannis ends up going to Miami or like Toronto or like, yeah, if he stays in the East, I think it'll take the Celtics a little bit more time. But if I'm a Celtics fan, I would, I would not be worried about trying to win a championship. Like, you know, in the next three years and the next five like if they need to they need to win a championship in this decade with Tatum and Brown yeah that's what I think they need to because Tatum is still really young he's 22 Jalen Brown's 23 they need to win if they don't win a championship in the next decade then yeah you could say that okay wow like they really wasted their you know their their best years but I don't think that's gonna happen I think the Celtics will eventually win win a championship in the next like five six years like you said yeah, well, the thing is, um, this is going to be a very cool and um, smooth uh, segue into our next topic. Um, if the Celtics are going to win a ring in the next five or six years, they're going to have to beat the Bucks, and the Bucks are kind of going all in right now. Um, yeah. They, or they, any- got, they got Drew Holiday. They shipped Eric Bledsoe. Um, yeah. So how do you think they're going to do? The Bucks? Um, yeah. Man, I thought, listen, if they got – Bogdan Bogdanovich, oh man, I would have been like, this team is gonna probably win the East. Like, I think they would definitely be up there uh, to challenge Brooklyn, like Katie and Kyrie. Because mm. man, like that would have been one of the best starting fives in the league. But now Bogdan, he obviously went to Atlanta. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? And it's kind of awkward because Dante Divincenzo was being packaged. <laughs> from yeah. Sacramento now he's staying in Milwaukee it's gonna be a little awkward but I they're still gonna be a good team like they still have same coach same you know same old Giannis is probably gonna have one of his best years maybe his best year of, like ever in his career Chris Middleton is gonna still be really good maybe another maybe he'll rec- be recognized as an all-star you know they're still gonna be a really really good team but I think come playoff time, they don't have any more excuses because now you have Drew Holiday. Now you brought in a bunch of bench guys that can, you know, now you're just deepening your bench. This year, the Bucks have zero excuses to win, uh, zero excuses not to win a championship. But, mm-hmm. man, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to win. I, yeah. I feel like um, I agree. they'll make the finals and lose to Brooklyn, I think. That's what I think is going to happen. And as a Raptors fan, we've been <laughs> yeah. um, in the um, – in the regular season, the Bucks probably take like the season series the past couple of years. Yeah. But for some reason, even after all the moves that the Bucks have made this offseason, I still am not that scared of the Bucks as a Raptors fan. And I don't know why. Maybe I should be afraid of them. But like whenever I hear the name Bucks, I'm like, yeah, they're good. But we'll, come on, we'll smack them in six games. Yeah. <laughs> as a Raptors fan, you got to pray that they <laughs> that they do bad. So then Giannis yeah. will reach their where to go. Yeah, the, right. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna finish higher than us in the regular season, that's for sure. But the Raptors are a different yeah. team in the playoffs, and so are the Bucks, but not in a good way. Um, yeah, well, I don't think we're a different team in the play. I think we just learned how to win slowly, and I think if 
like in my opinion, I don't think we're going to be a top seed this year. I, I mean, if we are, I wouldn't be surprised. But looking at our team, comparing it to other rosters, I think we're like a four or five seed. But anyways, yeah, talking about the Bucks, yeah, I think I think they're a conf- they're, I think they're caliber of the conference finals. But the problem is, is that I think they're going to lose to the lack of, you know, uh, shot creation and, hmm. you know, like they don't have a closer, right? Chris Middleton is not that good of a closer. Drew Holiday is not that good of a closer. Giannis doesn't have a jump shot, and in the playoffs the defenses get tighter and the defenses start to form. Look at what Miami did to Giannis. Mm-hmm. They formed a wall and they locked him up, right? And so, no one no one thought that would happen, but playoff basketball yeah. is a lot different. Yeah, exactly. And they're not and, playing around anymore. So like And that's what in my opinion, that's what like kind of separates an all-star from a superstar. If a super like see DeMar DeRozan, he was an all-star. He was amazing in the regular season, but like I said, the defenses start to tighten up in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's truly what defines a superstar from an all-star is that you, if you're a superstar, you can perform, you can still be a 26, 27 point per game score in the playoffs and in the regular season. Right. For sure. Um, but yeah, going back to the bucks. Yeah. I think, I don't think they're going to make, I don't think they're going to win the championship. I think if they had Bogdan Bogdanovich, 100%, they'd be on their really? way to the final. I'll put him over the edge. Yeah. I really because he's he's a solid player, man. He's I don't know his stats off off the top of my head, but he's a good player. Like this guy can shoot. He's a good he's a good small forward shooting guard kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And you know he has the three point shot. And the Bucks have are were are a pretty good three point shooting team. So I really think he would have gotten Milwaukee over the edge. And I don't think Bucks fans like him because you know he didn't agree to that to that signing. So yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know if this is a bad, good thing. Yeah, this is definitely a bad thing. But whenever I think of players, whenever I think how good a player is, in my mind, I always just instantly think of their uh, rating in 2K. Because <laughs> that's like kind of my only comparison. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Bogdanovich, he's like an 81. Like, he'll be a good addition to your team. <laughs> but I think uh, what the Bucks need, and I don't know if this is uh, this will actually help in any way, but if the Bucks, let's say, traded for Luke Kennard and got a player on their team that is absolutely zero defense, all off, uh, all offense, that actually might benefit them because they just need someone on their team to just come in, get the team going, knock down a couple shots. Like that could be really important for them. And yeah. I think Bogdanovich could have been that player, but yeah, Luke Kennard is, I think he's, in, I don't remember the trade. I think he's in LA now, right? He's on the Clippers. Did he get traded? Oh yeah. I think he did. He was on the Pistons. I should know this because I'm like my sixth favorite team is like the Pistons or something. I don't know. I like the Pistons, even though they never do anything with their lives. Um, so why don't you give me your like your standings for the Eastern and Western Conference, like top three teams in each conference? I'll do, I'll do top eight. I wouldn't mind. Oh, top eight. All right. Let's hear it. No, nah, <laughs> I mean, this year it's tough to say. I think before I say my, say my standings, I think 2021 is going to be a very like like probably one of the best most competitive seasons we've ever had cuz man the east the 1 through 8 is stacked. I mean it, honestly it's hard to it's hard to decide where every team is going to go and then in the west the west is just stacked every single year. Like there's going to be teams that are, you know, that had like the, the Timberwolves had the number 1 pick this year, they could make a lot of noise next year. So 
I mean, I might leave some teams out. I might forget a team because, like, this year, man, every team is so stacked. And it's, like, yeah. it's hard to choose who's going to be um, in the top eight or who's going to, you know, be in the standings, what position they're going to be in. So, in the West, I mean, I would have to go with the Lakers with the one seed. I mean, they they, they, just, they just came off a championship. You can't, you can't not it. put them as the one seed. Exactly. Like, they just came off a championship and then replaced those players – um, with even better players, they like have, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, they have Monty the best. Schroeder. They have yeah. the best starting duo and best bench duo in the league. Yeah, I mean they have such a good. Like I actually really like what the Lakers did. I like what Rob Palinka did. Uh, you know, he did a he did a really did good a job. in LeBron's first year, but then getting Anthony Davis, and then you know the next season bringing in these guys. I like what he's doing, man. I think he's definitely uh, in contention for uh, executive of the year. Um. The two seed, I would probably have to go with Denver. I think Denver is finally going to crack that, you know, get through that shell, really just come out of their shell. And I think that conference finals appearance was really just a, like a taste of what yeah. we could, the true potential of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. I think they're going to be a very good team this year. Jamal Murray, and, and Jamal Murray's entering his prime. So yeah, he's twenty three, twenty four. Man, he's going to be good. Yeah, he's... you know he's. That's going to be a really good team, especially if they yeah. can get uh, Michael Porter Jr. to, um, to yeah. play well. If, if Mike, he can, like, blossom, then that's going to be a really good team. Yeah, yeah. If Michael Porter Jr. can can come out and be just like a like a really – I don't know if he's – I'm not sure if he's going to start because, you know, offseason isn't fully over. We don't know. Any, any move can happen. Mm-hmm. But I think he, if he comes off the bench and he, you know, contributes like 11, 12 points per game, that would be really good for Denver. And if he starts um, – scoring 18 19 or maybe like 17 points per game would be really good i think if if michael porter jr breaks out as well then denver might actually might actually it might be a pretty close race for even the one seed with the lakers mm-hmm. um well but they, yeah they're would, really they're a really well-rounded team they've got veterans yeah. they got young talent they have the best yeah. center in the league um, yeah that's true it's it's um they're a really good team and if they're not yes, the second yeah. seed this year, I'm definitely picking them as the second seed next year because they're yeah. still going to be great. Both their players are young. They lost Jeremy Grant, but I think, you know, they were just a two seed before Jeremy Grant. Yeah, so, I would not have matched that contract. I mean, they, I mean, listen, man, if Jeremy Grant returned, oh, man, they'd be they'd still be very, very good. But losing Jeremy Grant, it's not going to it's not going to hurt them as much as people think. Mm-hmm. But um, he is an and, impactful player. Yeah, he is. They can still mm-hmm. succeed without him, I think. Yeah. And I think in a seventy-two game season, I think Denver would win maybe. I would say I would say fifty fifty-two games, fifty fifty to fifty-two games. I think they would win around somewhere amount of games that that amount of games. Uh, the three seed, I'd have to go with the Clippers. The only reason I'm putting the Clippers as the three seed is because of load management with Kawhi and and Paul George and you know the injuries that they're gonna yeah. probably have. I'm not saying Denver's not gonna get injured. But Denver's a young team, and they're still trying to develop Jokic and Murray into superstars. They're going to make them play every game, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the Clippers are going to be the three seed. I think because of the load management, because they may have, you know, like last year they had some injuries and just the whole load management thing. I don't think they're going to win as many games in the in the regular season. But I, I think come playoffs, they'll, they'll figure it out. And obviously getting Ibaka, which I do not like whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, uh, is is going to help them. It is going to help them. Ibaka is a great pick and roll player, um, and hopefully the Clippers, you know, the off season where there's not a lot of time left. They need to find 
a good pick and roll point guard for Ibaka to shoot, so he can shoot mm-hmm. the three. So he, he's a good post player. He's a really good stretch five. So I think that's going to help them. And I think the Clippers will remain in the two three seed. But I got them as a three seed. Would as I four seed, would I be crazy to make the Clippers the four seed? Or is that possible? Because I, I think in a seventy-two game uh, season that there's a chance. Because one, they uh, yeah, yes, they got Serge Ibaka, but they lost Montrez Harrell, six man of the year. Ooh. Lou Williams isn't getting any younger. Pat Bev isn't getting any younger. Um, yeah. So I feel like last season I, they had depth, and now they still have depth. But like, there's a little asterisk beside the depth. Like, I feel like they're not going to be able to produce like they used to. So I feel yeah. like they're going to be one of those teams where, like, if Paul George and Kawhi both have, like, average or below average games, they have no shot of winning. So I'm going to put them in the four seed. You have them as a four seed? Yeah. yeah. But now I'm having uh, issues because I don't think – I don't know a team who I would put above them. <laughs> um, I mean, four seed, I think – dude, I think I think it might be Portland. Portland had such a good offseason. I mean – Getting all those guys is really going to help, like Robert Covington. They brought in, um, you know, Harry Giles. He has some potential. He's still young. Mm-hmm. He's injury-prone, but he's a good player, too. And I think last year they barely got in the playoffs. I think this year is going to be the year where they're, like, a really elite team. Like, I think this might be one of the best Trailblazer teams we've seen. And I think I I, I, I think I, I have them as a four seed. I think they're going to do really well. Wow. I was going to go, like, Lakers, Clippers, Mavs, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets, Lakers, Nuggets, Mavs, Clippers, um, because I mean, Luca's everyone knows how good Luca is. We don't have to talk about that. But um, when if you if if everyone if anyone has watched the bubble, you guys have seen how good Porzingis is. Like bubble Porzingis was insane before he got injured. Um, but I would put Portland like right below the Clippers in the five seed. Portland finished the season seven and three, um, uh, like inside the bubble. Yeah, and I feel mm-hmm. like Portland, yeah, they're going to get beat um, like a good amount in the regular season, but they're a Probably. very different team in the playoffs. No, they won't. <laughs> Trust me, they won't. I'm not saying they're going to win like 60 games, but they're going to be good. Like they're going to probably win 46, 47 games out of a 72 regular, 72 game regular season. They're gonna go um, forty and thirty-two, and then they're just going forty and thirty-two. Yeah, watch, watch. Eight, games, <laughs> eight games above five hundred. Yeah, and then they're gonna be the seven seed, yeah. and then they're gonna smack everyone in the playoffs. No, they won't. It's gonna be oh, hilarious. Okay, they're just not gonna watch. Be- just watch. <laughs> this is what's yeah. gonna happen. We're gonna get to the end of the regular season. We're gonna record another podcast, and I'm gonna put in the audio clip. Of me telling you that they're going to be forty and thirty. They're not going to be a seven seed. Stop! Just stop. They're not going to be a seven seed. <laughs> they're a seven seed this year. Just watch. But I'm not saying they're not going to be good in the playoffs because I think they're going to be really good in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. I don't know what's going on with the Rockets, but assuming the Rockets keep their core and they keep because they just got Christian Wood, so that's huge for them. Yeah, I they like Christian Wood. A, yeah, he's a good player. I think he's going to do good in Houston. Um. I don't know. I, I thought if he stayed with the Pistons, he might have been a, an all-star. Um, but I think now that he's in Houston, he'll be overshadowed by Russ and Harden. But everybody will know that, oh, wow, this guy's pretty – he's a pretty impactful player. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think if – okay, so if the Rockets keep their core, I'll put – I have them as the four seed, and then I'll put Portland as the five seed. 
But if they don't and say they trade Harden and they go into a rebuild mode, then I would have to put – see, this is tough because then you have the Warriors too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. Clay Thompson's gone. We don't know how good James yeah. Wiseman is going to be. No, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Steph Curry beat the three seed, beat the three seed in Nuggets when he was like in his fifth year. And in the playoffs, he beat the three seed in Nuggets. And I think he forced the Clippers to like seven games. Who, or was, maybe, on, who was on that Nuggets team though? Their biggest threat was J.R. Smith. That Nuggets team? They won 57 games. They had Andrea Godala. They had Kenneth Fareed. I think they had Gallinari that, that year, but I don't remember. Melo was um, definitely gone by then, though. Yeah, yeah, he was gone by then. He was in New York. But the Steph Curry that year did not – that's when Klay Thompson wasn't like a, you know, 37 yeah. points off of like two dribbles kind of player, you know, and just a great shooter. He was like a good, decent shooter, good player. Um, But he, Steph Curry took that team – and he beat that Nuggets team, the three-seeded Nuggets, in six games. Yeah. Um, so, I, I honestly, I don't – now he's more experienced. Now he has two MVPs. He has three rings. I think he'll take that Warriors team to the playoffs. And that's the thing, man. One of these teams is going to get booted out of the playoffs, whether it be the Jazz, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, yeah. like the Suns even. It's going to be like, – just like probably. last season, it's going to be um, like a fight yeah. for that those final spots. Okay. So, yeah, finishing up the West standings. Um, so it would be the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers. I think it would be the Rockets at, at the four seed. I think the five seed will be Portland. I think the six seed will be uh, – I think it would be Dallas. I think it's going to be Dallas. The seven seed, probably Phoenix. And then I think the eight seed, I think the Warriors will get in. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're just they're going to slip in. I think they're going to have a like a healthy lead in the six to eight seed. Yeah. And I think – um, in that six to eight range, they're going to have a nice lead. And then eventually they'll just kind of drop into the eight seed. And I think the Grizzlies will just fall behind them, but the Warriors are not going to sneak in, you know, the way the Blazers did. I think it's going to be like, they'll have a nice lead and then the play-in game will happen. And then, you know, they'll eventually just beat the Grizzlies or I mean, maybe the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, and eventually the Warriors will hold onto that eight spot. Um, and the reason I have them as only the eight seed is I mean, it's really tough. I don't want to say they're the eight seed. Maybe I could switch uh, Golden State and Phoenix. Maybe Phoenix will be the eight seed. But I hate putting the Warriors at a low seed because, like, I mean, Steph Curry is amazing. And who knows? He might, if he plays like an MVP candidate, he might beat out all the top teams that I just had and the Rockets and the Blazers and all those other teams. So, but right now, I think this the star power that the top teams have. In, in the in the Western Conference, like you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the you know, the Rockets. Yeah, I think the Warriors will stay uh, in the low spot, maybe the six to eight seed in that range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going on to the East, um, it's the East is not as tough, but I think the East is tough to say who's gonna be in, like like who's gonna position in every standing. Like yeah, I agree. like the one through eight is stacked, right? Because the eight seed is, is tough to even say because it could be the Wizards, it could be even the Hornets. Chicago could make some noise. I feel um, like I feel like the top seven teams in the East are locked, and then the regular season just depends. Uh, like it just decides the order of them. Yeah, um, that's what I'm gonna say is that the order is hard to get. I think the one seed is still gonna be Milwaukee. I mean, at this point, they're an elite regular season team. It's really just about proving it, proving it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd put Milwaukee there. At the two seed, I'll probably have to go with. I mean, the Nets. The, the, they have Kyrie. Kate. I was gonna say the Sixers, but oh, you're I think insane. Be, 
they had a great off season. So, and I think getting off of Horford's contract, bringing in, uh, you know, and obviously Josh Richardson, Richardson's contract, bringing in shooters to come off the bench shooters. and just really, you they know, got shooters. <laughs> yeah, they got uh, Seth Curry and um, they got Danny Green. If he can shoot well, oh, it, no, don't don't <laughs> say shooters. Come on, what are no, you come doing? Come on, if he has a good season, <laughs> they'll be, be a three seed. It's all the memes. But yeah, they're gonna be endless Danny Green memes. Yeah, especially if they end up failing to meet expectations again. Oh boy, they're gonna have a, a rough one. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw a meme on Instagram. I I feel like this is stupid because like every episode I have a part where I reference a meme from Instagram that I saw. But it was like okay. it was like um it was like this the the caption was like um 76ers fans um talking about trust the process. And then, like, the front office was, like, the Joe Biden talking to Trump during the debate. It was like, <laughs> just show us. Stop playing around. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. Because It um, is true. It's always been trust the process. And then how long just... is the process, my guy? Like, eight yeah. seasons? I think the process is over, man. I think they finally will have an elite team. But, yeah, and then they also got Tyrese Maxey, who's, I think, I don't know if we're going to talk about the draft in this episode, but, like, I think Tyrese Maxey is the steal of the draft. I think he's oh, yeah? going to be so good for the Sixers. Do you know what pick he was? Uh, he was a 21st pick. I thought he was going to fall to us at 29. I went to bed at that point. Getting Tyrese Maxey to the Raptors at 29, I thought it was going to happen. I was oh, like, my excited. God. For a second, I thought you said he was 29 years old. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Imagine. Like, just a 30-year-old rookie. be hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I'm yeah, basically I think I... exiting my prime. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm exiting my prime and it's my rookie year. It's like that movie, uh, that baseball movie. It's called The Rookie, right? He's like 40 years yeah. old and he, <laughs> he becomes a pitcher and he like wins the Cy Young or something like that. Well, then again, you could win the Cy Young in baseball at like 39. Could happen. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Verlander won Cy Young next year because it's Justin Verlander. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about basketball right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, continue uh, along with your East standings. Yeah, so then I, I had the Sixers at the three, but it could be interchangeable. I think maybe maybe the Celtics could be at the three seed again. Maybe oh, yeah. it's the Heat, right? But I think I, I, I'm going to go with the Sixers. I want to go with the Heat because they just made the finals, but I really want to see. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do this year. Cause I'd put them in the five. Saying, pardon? I'd put them in the five. I would go Nets. Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat. That's my top five. Well, you're in a rude awakening. <laughs> Why? <to> the <laughs> well, you know, I believe in them because no one thought that they were going to be good. Well, they thought they were going to be like a mid-playoff team, and they had the second-best record in the whole league. So true, true. Don't they sleep. Were, I, think, if, I, think, I think if they won game seven, they would have went to the finals. But oh, yeah. Whatever. Um. So, yeah, then I would go at the three-seed. I have to go. I, I want to go with the Celtics or Heat, but I think it's the Sixers. Wow. At the four seed, I'll put the Heat. The five seed, I have the Celtics. The six seed, I have the Raptors. And then at the seven, I got the Pacers. And the eight seed, I have Atlanta. I think Atlanta, Atlanta will finally – Yeah, they uh, could make a playoff push. Yeah, and then st- that's their first step into the right direction, eventually build a championship team around Trey Young and John Collins. But, yeah, those are my standings. I got the Raptors at six. I got, but, them, at, um, I got them at three. Um, the Sixers – uh, I think I'm never gonna. I'm gonna be a little bit of a Skip Bayless here, but I'm the Sixers are one of those teams where no matter what they do, I'm never gonna compliment them or say that they're gonna do well because I just hate on them. Um, they're my least favorite team in the league. I hate Joel Embiid. I hate Ben Simmons. I hate the Sixers. 
They're, it's just all terrible. Like, I really like Jimmy Butler, but when he was on the Sixers, I hated him. Oh, yeah. That guy causes problems, man. He was <laughs> in that series. He's found a home oh. in Miami. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely going to be the leader of the Heat. But, yeah, those are my standings, man. Bucks, Nets, Sixers, Heat, Celtics, Raptors, um, Pacers, and then Atlanta, Hawks. So I want to yeah, talk man, about – Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty solid standings. Um, I want to talk about the, a re-signing that happened and, and I, w- I wasn't going to talk about this, but I thought watch them in the bubble is so important. So, um, watching the magical Miami heat 2020 playoff bubble run. Um, I realized like yeah. whenever I used to see Goran Dragic making the all-star game, I was like, how is this guy an all-star? I guess he's just the last guy on the roster. Like who cares? But when I watched him play in the bubble, like this guy is really good. Yeah. And re-signing him, re-signing him was big, I think, for the Heat. I think his contract is a little bit too big. Yeah. But, however... I say he's worth it. Pat Riley's a genius, man. Don't ever underestimate Pat Riley. Look he's at his hair. Dumb. If you, if if anyone questions if he's a genius, look at his slick back hair and then come back to me. Um, this, guy, this guy's a the, legend. I never underestimate him, man. He's he's a great GM. He's a great president for the, for the Heat. Or I don't know if he's a president, but... He's a great executive for the Heat, man. And a lot of people are saying that them getting them extending Bam to like 163 million or whatever his contract was, and then like them re-signing all these players for like one plus one deals, saying that oh they're not going to get that it's impossible they can get Giannis. They're mm-hmm. they're still going to find a way to get Giannis because those deals. If because look, the Bucks might say, hey, we want to do a sign and trade. Give us something back because we're not going to lose Giannis for nothing. And so the Heat might say, okay, here. Take Myers Leonard, take Goran Dragic. I know Heat fans really want Dragic to stay, but if it's, I mean, who'd you rather have, Dragic or Giannis, right? (laughs) Stop watching the question. Exactly, and the Heat will just give them all these contracts, all these big old contracts, and they'll get Giannis in return and probably build something of a dynasty, right? Because, I mean, Hero's still young, Bam is still young. Surprisingly, people people don't know, but Giannis is still young. He's only 24, 25. Mm -hmm. He's not even in his prime. I mean, he's a generational talent, so I wouldn't say he's not into his, like, prime. But he's not even in his best years. His best years are ahead of him still. Yeah, I agree. And he's young, but he's already been in the league for seven years. He has experience. He knows how to win games. Yeah, I think Goran Dragic, he's a really good piece for the Heat. But if you have to get rid of him to get Giannis, go ahead. I trust Pat Riley um, doing that. I mean, as a Raptors fan, oh my goodness! If if that happens, I'll be uh, uh, oh my goodness! I it's, will lose it. It's scary. I really don't. Um, I think the Raptors, like I can, I'm always pretty confident in saying that the Raptors are going to be like a top uh, regular season team. But looking at all these, looking at all these East rosters, the playoffs are kind of scary. Yeah, um, man. Because because I have us as the sixth seed. If we're facing the three seeded Sixers, I think we put up a fight against them. Oh, you mean, the, you mean the three-seed Raptors playing the six-seed Sixers? <laughs> okay, okay. We'll see about that. I want you to pull this clip up next time when the playoffs come around. We'll see who's right. All right. I have um, I have the Raptors going 50, 51 and 21, and that's good enough okay. for the three-seed. Look, I said, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we're the three-seed because, like, Nick Nurse is still, in, like, I think in my opinion, he's the second-best coach behind Spolstra. Um, but I have my reasons for that. But then, you know, then they signed Aaron Baines, which is, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's that much of a replacement for Ibaka, but yeah. he's a replacement and I'll take it. Like, you know, losing Ibaka and Gasol kind of sucks. So yeah, when getting, we, getting in Aaron Baines was yeah. big. So I think that signing will definitely help. When you know. we got, when we got Aaron Baines, 
and I got the notification. I was like, oh, well, we lost Marcus Gasol. We lost Serge Ibaka. So yeah. we need two centers. Like, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. Yeah. And then we got yeah. Aaron Baines. I'm like, oh, okay, great. We have a backup center. And now we're going to the season, and he's our starting center. So um, I don't know what to think about that because he's been in the league for a while, and he's, he's kind of yeah. getting up he's there in age. Man, but the thing is, he's gotten better every season since he was 30. But, man, if we re-signed Ibaka and then brought in Aaron Baines for, like, a one-year deal to replace Gasol, I would That'd definitely nice. have it as, like, the two-seed because that adds so much depth to the roster. Like, you have Ibaka as your starting, as your starting center, and then off the bench you have Aaron Baines, who's a solid, solid bench, who's a solid player as a starter and as a bench player. So that would have probably made us, like, a top-three seed. But yeah, it and- is what it is. This is all a plan to get Giannis in 2021. That's how it's going to end up happening, hopefully. So, Do you think the Raptors still have a shot at Giannis? Yeah, of course. Of course they do. Well, like they just, The like... news just came out that they said that Giannis might not re-sign that Supermax deal, right? Because he wants to wait out the season. There was rumors that he didn't like that the Bucks messed up in the trade um, to get, you know, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think we still have a shot at him. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, Masai has a great relationship with him and like all that. So hopefully we can, they can get Giannis, but I, I don't know. So I think we still have a shot with him though. Since we re-signed Freddie, are, is Giannis even going to accept the amount of money that we're going to be able to offer him? Cause if we don't, if we don't like, if we don't dump like the Powell contract, I don't think we'll have to get rid of OG to get the... Um, to get Giannis. We're going to have to I, dump some cap, though, because we can't afford yeah, him just how it is. Because, like, look, Lowry, we've paid him 30 mil the past, like, five – no, not five seasons. Past, like, three seasons or two seasons. So I think if Lowry's willing to do it, he'll re-sign for the minimum and come off the bench for us. Because I think at that point, he'll be washed, right? Well, not washed, but, you know, he'll start to regress. Right, well, Ojean and Moby. I think we'll re-sign him for instead of like 120 mil, we'll re-sign him for like 100 whatever mil to make room for Giannis, right? Obviously, the Raptors have, in my opinion, the best front office in the league. So obviously, they're going to get Giannis. They have a plan to keep their other guys on the team to keep the core together, right? They're not just going to bring in Giannis and then let go of OG, Lowry, Powell, guys who are, you know, who are part of that championship team like Mm -hmm. two years ago and who are a vital part, you know, just to yeah, the team. Yeah, they've proven and that the they're team. important to winning. Exactly. And I think um, even though that's a whole year away or more than a year away, yeah. there's still, Less than a year. I guarantee the Raptors are already still playing it out, how they're going to do all this. Um, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what front offices do, man. They they have a plan. That's the thing. That's when, like, that's why the worst teams, the worst teams always have, obviously, the worst front offices, right? Because the worst front offices never have a plan. They just kind of do everything on the spot and say, well, okay, we'll figure it out. The best teams have a plan, right? So like, Yeah, and a lot of these bad, these bad uh, front office teams, they always say, we're going to make the playoffs this year. But yeah. that's not really that good of a plan if, like, great, you made the playoffs, but you got swept by the Lakers in the first round. So yeah, exactly. your, your goal shouldn't be the playoffs. It has to be ring. And I feel like exactly. if you're – if, like – a really good front office is handed just a garbage team. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna do better than a team with okay players and a bad front office. Cause yeah, exactly. They know how to handle their talent, and the casual NBA fan doesn't appreciate how important um, 
the coaching oh, yeah, staff yeah. and all that stuff because that's really important. Because um, all that that's that's the best part of oh not the best part but that's part of the job. Like you're not gonna when you're a manager when you're a coach whatever you're not gonna get as much fame as much recognition as the players do right because sports in general feed off of casual fans yeah. right nobody's gonna there's not gonna be some you know random person in in a, at a you know at a Blue Jays game saying oh Ross Atkins what a team he put together. <laughs> Wow, look at, you know, Bo Bichette or look at Vladimir Guerrero. Look at these, you know, hitting all these home runs. And then there's going to be like that, you know, in-depth analysis, statistical fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Ross Atkins has put up a pitching staff with an ERA less than two. Yeah. His work is less than 1.63, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the thing, though. But that, that those, those you know, like in-depth fans, that's like one in every, like, ten. Like, that's the thing. Sports feed off of casual fans. So, yeah. DMs and all that don't get the recognition that they deserve um, a lot of the time. A lot of the time it goes to the players. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's really important because there wouldn't have been the whole Miami Heat thing. Like, the, if you think about the bubble the bubble finals, the Lakers and Heat, those are both teams that exist, that exist because of really good front offices. Exactly. Um, so it's really important. And, and that's the thing. A lot of the time when the players – say like oh you know i love my gm because a lot of the times the gms don't have a relationship with the players because yeah. you have to trade them you have to cut them you have to, you, you've seen Moneyball, you know how yeah. it is yeah right but like they have to cut them they got to wave them they don't want to form a relationship but then it's like teams but then at the same time when the players you know say oh like i love playing for this team i love you know pat riley he's such a good gm then the, the fans start to you know figure out oh who's pat riley and then they'll search him mm-hmm. up, and then they'll be like, "Oh wow, Pat Riley's so like wow, this guy's such a good you know general manager." And then that's how like that's why Masai Ujiri is known amongst casual fans is because guys like Kyle Lowry have said, "I you know Masai's a great GM." You know that's why like Pat Riley was a coach before, but you know even then like fans know uh, about Pat Riley, right? But then there's like managers like for the Hawks like Travis Schlank. Like I I bet you you didn't even know who that was. No, I don't know who Sorry. that is. Yeah, he's the GM for the Hawks, right? But nobody, a lot of people don't know who he is, right? The Nuggets GM, Tim Connolly, you know, he's a great GM, but nobody knows who he is because the players don't really mention him or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's what happens with front offices is that, you know, like there's certain teams that don't really have a relationship with them, and then there's teams that that do. And then those, those players who have a good relationship with them end up staying on the team for a really long time. That's really, I think that's a really important part of the whole free agency thing. Like, it's not about just signing with the best team or the team that will give you the most money because having yeah. relationships with the front office and also, like, the location of everything, it all plays into where uh, people want to sign. And that's why I think Miami has a chance, has a has the best chance of getting Giannis because who really, come on, who wants to live in Milwaukee when you can play in all these other I mean, he has a good relationship with uh, he has a good relationship with Masai because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Masai brought his family over to to North America, I think, from Greece. I think so. I don't want to oh. like, make a false claim, but I think that's what happened. Well, well, I, I guess was, that gives the Raptors a bit of an advantage next yeah. season. We got to dump the cap, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, listen, man. I want Giannis to come like to Toronto or whatever because I think if he does, we'd be like a a dynasty. I think we'd make like four finals and win three of them. Like I'm not even joking when I say that. But like as a basketball fan, man, I want to see him go to Dallas and play with Luca and KP. <laughs> that would be that would oh be insane. 
That's a three-peat for sure. Because they're also young too. Reese's full potential. KP is still young. They got young guys that come off the bench for them or even start like Jalen Brunson. He's a good um, off the bench kind of point guard. He's a mm-hmm. pretty good player. Is then, he going like, to have to start now that Steph Curry has gone? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have to start. I'm not sure. I haven't been keeping up with Maybe they'll make Dallas. a trade. I've been keeping up with Dallas, uh, like with Luka, but I haven't been keeping up with like Dallas and the moves. They, I know they traded for Josh Richardson. They traded Steph Curry for, or <laughs> Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. But other than that, I don't really know. Maybe Luka uh, will start at the at the one. Um, yeah, I think he will. I mean, look, he, he kind of is a one. <laughs> yeah, he like the guy. He's the truth, man. Like that guy. He averaged like how many assists did he average in the in the playoffs or in the know. bubble? Like eight or nine. Right, so like he's that. definitely to be a point guard. He's a playmaker for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have any last thoughts before you before we wrap up the episode? Um, no, not really. I think we covered a lot. We covered where yeah. Giannis could go, the standings in the East. We didn't cover Siakam though. We forgot to do that. Oh, that's fine. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe if you guys come back for another episode, you hear us talk about Pascal Siakam and his future. Anyways, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Follow the Instagram, Just a Second Podcast. Uh, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.